Howdy buzzards. This is Macy. This is Nicole. And you're listening to Buzzkillers. One day we need to take a video of ourselves doing that because we both do the same freaking hand gestures. <laughs> and when we say buzzkillers, we literally just throw our arms in the air. Like everybody's like <laughs> pumping up the crowd like buzzkillers. It's us. We're here. We have arrived. <laughs> Hi guys. Beep beep motherfucker. We're here. <laughs> beep beep. Get in, bitch. We're going shopping. <laughs> Regina George. I haven't watched that movie in so long. Gold. I love that movie. Tyler and I watched that the first day we were in school together. That's adorable. He hated every minute of it. <laughs> but I loved it, and he did it for me, so he's pretty great. It's okay. The first movie I ever watched with Ryan was The Dirt. And at that point, I knew nothing about Motley Crue, and I <laughs> sat through it going, what the fuck is happening? Oh, because that's his favorite band, right? Uh-huh. And he goes, yeah, this is Motley Crue. It's like, this is this is basically like their life story. Like, this is somebody's life? <laughs> <laughs> this happened? <laughs> I thought it was just some, like, rock and roll movie. Nope. They were like, yeah, this, this is, is not almost famous. This was basically life. I was like, But I liked it. It was actually really good. It's kind of fucked up, but it's really good. Well, when <laughs> we were watching, it was on Netflix, Mean Girls, when we watched it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this is a good movie. I like remember just being like, oh, this is a good movie. And he was like, I've never seen that. I was like, All right, shut up. You've never seen Mean Girls? Never. Never in your life. How did he make it that long Just in like, life not even seeing- once. You didn't like have like some girlfriend in high school that played this. Like, I'll be that girlfriend. That's fine. <laughs> but like, what? Oh, Has he seen Girls? Legally Blonde? Oh, but I love Legally Blonde. I say that's another. I watch it all. The that's time. another one of those movies that's up there with Mean Girls for me. I love that I movie. I love Legally Blonde because I just love her. With the whole end with like, this I want to go after. I love that she just comes back and just fucking beats the shit basically out of everybody. I love that. And movie. it just, I love it so good. And then if you have, <laughs> if you've ever heard the musical, the musical is actually pretty good too. Is it really? That is like when the beginning of when like musicals started, um, just doing like recreating movies, and I hate that. Yeah. Like, do something original. I mean, although I'm like, guilty pleasure, Beetlejuice. <laughs> like, you know, but, yep. like, I don't know. Right, and I watched Annie this morning. <laughs> because the sun will come out tomorrow. <laughs> He's doing some virtual 80s cabaret show. And ooh, he's ooh. doing a couple songs yeah, from it. And so he was like, I need to watch this so I can hear the soundtrack. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> tomorrow. There's yeah. this lady on, like, I watched a BuzzFeed video today where somebody, like, rewrote the words to the sun will come out tomorrow, but, like, the the president will be out tomorrow. Oh, my God. And I'm waiting for Joe Biden till tomorrow. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, my God. Okay. It's like, yes, I'm excited, too. But, <laughs> um, but stop, please. Um, yeah. So, guys. Hi. Sorry. Tangents. I was going to say, we did our little tangent, and we're here now. And we are back. Um, <laughs> so we are drinking um, out of our really cool wine glasses. Yes. We're so excited. Um, I hope you guys saw them on Instagram. Say, cool. if you didn't hear us talk about it last time, we got some custom-made Buzzkillers wine glasses. Yes, we did. Thank you very much to Martine from Serial Killer Crafts. I won't you go can into the mic this time. <laughs> the last time I was like, Martine! <laughs> Martine! <laughs> 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 oh, sorry. Uh, uh, yeah. 
but she sent us these beautiful wine glasses. Well, technically, Macy ordered them for my birthday, but <laughs> for birthmas. I'm sorry, my birthmas. Merry birthmas. Because my birthday is ten days after Christmas. Because <laughs> I'm a pain in the ass. <laughs> but they are super, super glittery and super blood splattered, and they're really awesome, and I love them. Yeah, and they're really great. But we used to have like measuring units not really but we would pour to the same place <laughs> every time and now i can't see inside the cup oh i know <laughs> we had we had the clear wine glass with like a skeleton like skeleton hand around it like it was holding it and we used to measure it to like a certain knuckle, the knuckle yeah, on one the of the knuckle. fingers and now now we both are like how much do we, is that I'm too little is that too much i'm, I can't I'm doing tiny pours because <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm not sure. My ass last time was like, I am just going to pour everything. I, yeah. <laughs> I poured, poured so much in our glasses that our second glass was probably five sips. I know. I didn't finish my second glass, though. You did. I did. You won. You won the game. <laughs> Darn it. No, the person that, who's talking always does not finish their wine. <laughs> very very rarely very rarely do they finish and i have a feeling today's gonna be one of those days but macy first tell them what we're drinking we're excited we've had this before (laughs) sorry guys not on Um, the podcast but not on the podcast in real life in my real life life. um (laughs) this is unshackled rosé it says the prisoner down here does it? Is it called? No, it's the Prisoner Wine Company. Okay, sorry. Oh, okay. I was like, what? I was like, did you not fully read that sentence? <laughs> no, yeah, we've had this wine before, and it's amazing. Yes. So, guys, try it. It's really cool. What is this thing on it? Like a... It's like, um, you know, cube. those, like, scroll locks where... Yeah, but what are they called? I have honestly no idea. I feel like I know from, like, They're basically the Da Vinci Code It's like or a something. padlock, almost. But the, the key code to cryptex. put into it is, like, the scroll. Th- you scroll through the alphabet and, I like, have to make a word. Maybe? That sounds right. Guys. <laughs> I don't know. Tell me. We're going to get some email that's going to be like, you actual <laughs> you're, morons. <laughs> you're, talking, you're talking about a fictional thing that happened in the Marvel movies. That or your Maybe. mom is Googling a picture of the wine battle right now going, I've got you girls. I've got you girls. <laughs> yeah, she's a big fan. Thanks. Shout out to mom for um, helping us with our sound quality. <laughs> Macy's mom gives us the best feedback. She really does. And I, I think it's kind of great to have somebody. I, like she's so objective too because she doesn't really know that much about true crime mm-hmm. so it's cool sometimes she has like interesting theories and i'm like wow i never even thought of that gonna, what was the one that was for one of your cases yeah that was we, crazy it was right before halloween it was, yeah it was cropsy yeah she had a great cropsy she theory. she came down um for halloween to see us and well, to see Macy, and I just happened to be there. <laughs> I no, talked like, like I'm her daughter, too. <laughs> she was here to see me. <laughs> but she was like, oh, my gosh, I've got so many theories about Cropsy. And we talked about Cropsy for probably 45 minutes, and yeah. it was great. <laughs> yeah, she has great theories. I love it. She loves it. And so it's kind of nice because she's like, you know, I don't like all the blood and guts, but I think you guys are funny. And like, I'm like, okay, cool. Well, then somebody thinks we're funny. <laughs> okay, well, I'll I'll say Macy's mama. This episode gets a little ick. So <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. No, now. I already told her what this. She knows what everything is before it comes out. My mom does too. So <laughs> she she knows what this is. She's excited for it. She's, I, she's pumped. <sighs> guys, guys, what you've all been waiting for? The pump up of the century. Listen, okay. 
So this is not the first time I've researched this case. Dun, dun, dun. When I was in high school, we had um, when you in you when you were in your senior year, your English class was mm-hmm. only half the year, so you got yeah. to take some kind of you had to take like a, that too. an English based elective. Yeah, we and there was too. all these different courses, and one of them was just called conspiracy theories. And it was with the English teacher that I had had. He was my freshman English teacher and my first half of senior year teacher. And I loved him to death. And I said, screw this. I'm just going to take this class. That sounds freaking awesome. Yeah. And at this point, I was already collecting weird profiling books and had my Criminal Minds was my favorite TV show. So, like, <laughs> this was this to me was the greatest thing on the planet. And I love it. the goal of the class was literally to spend the whole semester. In, at first, he kind of introduced us to all of these these different theories. And one of them was this theory that I had never heard of, and I fell in love with it. And I ended up choosing it for the class. And I'm proud to say he told me I got the highest grade in the class at the end. So we had to do like a 20-minute presentation on it. And it was one of those ones where you had to put together the PowerPoint. You couldn't read shit, You couldn't read off the PowerPoint, and each slide could only have so many words on it because he didn't want it to be basically your notes on the board. Yeah. He's like, it's got to be uh, like... It's good that your narrowed down high this school is teacher has you do that because I didn't have to do that till grad school. Grad school, girl. Um, As a comm major, I did that all the time. That was no, I think well because like half my major was singing things memorized. Oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I say, as, a, as somebody who was majoring in music, that was probably a little bit easier to either. I had sing to memorize an hour's <laughs> worth of music, and uh, it's, you know it's not the same. But yeah, I but didn't have to do a project like that until grad school. <laughs> <laughs> so that's terrifying. But it was it was twenty minutes long, and if you don't know me, I have the world's worst stage fright. And yeah, I was absolutely okay. terrified, and I think I stayed up till about probably three or four in the morning, just reciting my notes over and over again. Mm-hmm. And Aww. I did. I freaking remembered every single thing I wrote down. I didn't have to look down at my flashcards at all. Good I knew you. everything. I, I got a 97 on that project. And it was basically our whole grade because you spent the whole semester doing Doing it. that one theory, right? That was the same class we also read 1984 by George Orwell. That was oh, yeah, totally fantastic. That. If you've never read that book, you should really read that it's you really relevant right now read the book. um <laughs> sadly yes. really relevant Quite right now relevant. um but anyway i will stop blabbering hi mr corbman if he would ever listen to this he was my english teacher he was a great english teacher <laughs> he used to bike all the way from rhode island to massachusetts what he used to get up he was one of those people that like biked across the country oh he was absolutely batshit crazy like that and he'd come in in the morning in his like special gear and he'd bring his bike up the stairs to his classroom and everything he was a big biker and he wow. literally used to leave home at probably around i think he said it was like five in the morning just to bike to get to school to teach what? us he was i would not want to do that he was crazy he was a he was a cool teacher. <laughs> <laughs> well, good for you, sir. But I would not have the energy for that. Yeah, no, I I, I don't have the willpower. Will at, at this for point, that. I'm lucky. I get up on time for work <laughs> to drive myself. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, so guys, much anticipation. What are we talking about? Drum roll, please. <laughs> we are talking about the Dyatlov Pass incident. <laughs> Mic drop. That's it. That's the show. No, <laughs> and we're done. Um, no, I'm so excited about this because I, I know very. I know what Morbid covered, and from li- what little I've actually like researched. I will tell I'm you. Excited. I was almost disappointed in the fact that there's no true documentaries about this. I saw an Amazon Prime thing. 
I swear to God, I did. Because I was looking up how to spell diatlon <laughs> <laughs> for well, our social media. I know they made they made a fictional movie called The Devil's Pass. Um, I can't remember what year it came out, but it's based on a bunch of college kids that go out to try and rehike the same tr- the same trip. Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they like oh, come across these weird alien things, and it's just yeah. It was so bizarre. I didn't even watch it. I didn't want to watch it. I read that it was really bad, and <laughs> like this is that? fiction anyway. I'm not gonna yeah, bother. No thanks. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna see if I can find that thing. You keep talking. I'm gonna see if I can find that thing. Um, <laughs> but guys, this will also be my first two parter. <gasps> I'm so Your excited. Um, <laughs> it's so exciting. So. You're all going to hate me because where I had to split it is, like, right in the middle of all the good shit. Well, so isn't that always the way? It, it is. <laughs> Mandalorian, this like is the way. I always the way. Oh, my God. I've been watching The Mandalorian far too much. Um, they have, like, The Mandalorian have, a, like, a slogan, basically, and they all go, this is the way. Oh, they yeah. all have things like that. It's yeah. annoying. <laughs> I'm like, okay, just go about your business. <laughs> Why do you have to do that? Oh, my God. Okay. So, love path. so before I get into anything, I'm going to say that if you want to look into this and really kind of do your own deep dive, start with dietlovepass.com. Oh, they have a whole website. Somebody okay. built this whole website for it. I honestly don't know who, um, but <laughs> it has everything. Really? And when cool. I say everything, I mean they have every photograph from every f- like roll of film that they found. Whoa, they what? have every journal entry, scans of them Whoa. and translations. They've got um <clears throat> they've got copies of their um their autopsy files. They have How they get all this shit everything. Us? It's insane. Wow. It is they I w- Oh. that scared me (laughs) i was going through their website and they have so much i spent so much time on their website and i did i did use a lot of other sources but they have the most and i will just say right now that a majority of my my information comes from them (laughs) yay okay we love that um so this took place in the ussr in 1959 And it actually didn't become widely known until the 90s when the original investigative officer spoke out about it. Because really? at that, that time was about the fall of the Soviet, of Soviet Russia. Okay. So he finally felt like he could speak out about what happened. And I'll talk about him in a little while. Actually, Ooh. it'll be part two. So ha ha ha. You got to hang in there. <laughs> Psych. Um, <Anyway>. So <laughs> a little bit of a backstory. The Dyatlov Pass incident begins with 10 people, and they are leaving their Russian towns to head on this hike that they have planned. Um, and they're supposed to be heading up towards a mountain called Mount Otorton, and it is near the border of Russia. Okay. Um, all of these people were either students or graduates of um, the Earl... Earl. I Okay, so I will just say right now, a lot of this is Russian, and I looked up how to pronounce it, so... I apologize now if I slaughter any of this, but it's going to take me a hot minute when I get to the names because I have to look over at my own translation guide. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they went to the Earl Polytechnical Institute and UPI for short. Okay. Make okay. that easier. Um, except for one of them. 
and um, their ages ranged from about 20 years old to 38. Okay. Um, the group consisted of eight men and two women, and they planned this trip in the middle of the winter. Um, <laughs> nuts. First and of all, nuts. Right. During this time, all of the trails there in Russia were rated on a category system based on their difficulty due to weather and slope and mm-hmm. where it takes you and everything. And this was the highest it could be rated at a category three. Okay. So this was a very difficult hike. Um, all of these, all of the people though on this trip had previously done these types of hikes before. They had all been on like they called them long ski tours, mm-hmm. um, and then mountain expeditions, things like that. This was something they did frequently. This wasn't, you know, the first time they had all just been like, let's go on a hike. Yeah, they're not like this 10 was college students going <clears throat> yeah. to party on the mountain. This was something that they did frequently. This was their hobby. They they knew what they were doing. Right. Basically. So let me introduce you to the hikers. There's the group leader. His name was Igor Dyatlov, who this is named after. Um, he was born January 13th of 1936, and he was 23 years old at the time this hike happened. Oh. Um, he was a fifth-year engineering student, and he actually designed a portable radio that he took on many of his hiking trips. Cool. Yeah, he was really, really smart. Um, he also designed a portable stove that they brought and they used to cook their food. Awesome. Um, go you. Yeah, he was a smart cookie. <laughs> um, all right, so here, here we go with the names. So <laughs> <laughs> this is Yuri Durashenko. He was born January 29th of 1938. He was 21 years old at the time of the hike, um, and he was also a fourth-year engineering student. Um, then we have Ludmila Dubinina. Okay. <laughs> Just like, I'm so, my brain is going, you probably sound absolutely moronic, and there's somebody out there that speaks Russian going, oh, dear God, make her stop. <laughs> We're really sorry. Correct us. Like, please. Please help we me. Please help me. accept help. I listened to a YouTube video on repeat trying to get down how you say <laughs> these things. Macy's laughing at me. Um, uh-huh. So, Ludmila, she was, uh, she was born May 12th of 1938. She was one of the only two females on the trip. Um, she was the youngest of the group at the time, being only 20 years old. And she also was a fourth-year student studi- studying engineering and economics. Ooh, okay. Um, they were all really freaking smart people. Um, Which is sad. Because who knows what they could have done for the world. Exactly. Seriously. I mean, they were in Soviet Russia, so at the time, I don't know if we really wanted them to help the world, because it might have gone against oh. us. <laughs> so, well, uh, we have an Albert Einstein uh, there or something. You'll, you'll hear when I talk about what they did for jobs. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> never mind. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. So we have, next we have Alexander Kolotov, and he was born January 12th, 1937. Um... I'm sorry. I just read the wrong date. Um, he was born November 16th, 1934. I jumped to the next person. Okay. Um, he was 24 at the time of the hike, and he was also a fourth-year student. He was studying nuclear physics. Shit. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm like, I studied music. <laughs> <laughs> right? I'm like, I have a comm degree. <laughs> um, then we have Zenaida Kamagor- Kam- Oh, my God. Kamagorova. Kamagorova. Okay. And it doesn't help that their names are insanely long. Zenaida was born. She was the one that was born January 12th of 1937. I apologize for mixing up those dates. She was the other female on the trip. She was 22 at the time of the hike, and she was a fifth-year engineering student. Um, And a little fun fact that I came across about her was that during a previous hike she had been on, she was bitten by a viper. 
What? And didn't want to burden the other people in the group and just kept going. That would be like, excuse me? (laughs) Russians. I've been bitten. I was like, what? Oh, my God. That's crazy. I, like, stubbed my toe, and I'm, like, laying (laughs) on the ground crying. So our next one is Yuri Krivoshenko. 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 Okay. He was born February 7th of 1935. He was 23 23 years old at the time of the hike. Um. He was actually a graduate. He had graduated two years earlier after studying construction and hydraulics. Oh, my God. Um, that's crazy. He worked at a secret nuclear factory. Oh. Yeah. That's not so great. Yeah, for the Soviets. Yeah, that that came out much later, obviously. Oh, I'm <laughs> yeah. Um, he was also Igor Dyatlov's best friend. Okay. Um, Did you say how old he was? Uh, he was 23. 23. They're all very young, except for one of them. Okay. He's coming up. And then we have um, Rustam Slobodin. 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 Something okay. like that. Guys, I'm really sorry. <laughs> I'm really nervous to pronounce these names, so I'm going to say Don't wrong. Don't be nervous. It's literally, it's literally just me. <laughs> well, right um, now, it's just me. <laughs> his friends called him Rustic. I don't know why, but that was his nickname. It's Rustic with a K. Okay. At the end. Um, so he was born January 11th of 1936. They had a lot of January birthdays. And he was 23 years old. nothing else to do in the cold. Right? <laughs> <laughs> he, he was also 23 years old at the time of the hike. Uh, he graduated in 1958 from UPI and was also an engineer ma- engineering major. Okay. Then we had <laughs> the longest name of them all. Nikolai, Nikolai Thibault Brignol. Okay. Yeah. He was born... <laughs> Um, he was born July 5th of 1935. Uh, he was also 23 at the time of the hike. He had graduated in 1958, so just the year prior, with um, a degree in civil engineering. And then we have, um, <laughs> his name was Semyon. They called him Sasha. Okay. Um, Zolotaryov. And he was born February 2nd, 1921. He was the oldest one of the group. He was 38 years old. Um, He was the only one that also did not attend UPI. He had a degree in physical education from a school in Minsk that he earned in 1950. And he was actually active military for most of his life. And he fought in World War II. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we have our 10th person who is very important to this. His name is Yuri Yudin. He was born July 19th of 1937. He is the only member of the group to survive. Um, he, you will see why I will get to this in a little while. Um, but he lived to be about 75 years old and passed away April 2017, 27th of 2013. Wow. What? Wow. Okay. So, (laughs) remember Yuri. He, Yuri, there's like three Yuris on this trip. Remember Yuri (laughs) Yudin. Okay. He's the important. Why, why? Or same, so, same vowel sound. (laughs) Twice. So, how it all began it started on January 23rd of 1959. All of the hikers boarded a train from <laughs> Zverdlovsk to a city called Servov. And they took this train and they arrived. They took them overnight into the city. And from there, they boarded another train that took them to Ivdel on the 25th. So they spent a few days traveling to try and get outside of the city limits, basically. Okay. Um, <clears throat> then they took a bus from Ivdel 
difficult that I knew my pronunciation. My friend. Oh, I was like, do I need to stop it? Nope, because <laughs> this one I knew I said it wrong probably eighteen times, and then I heard them say it in the video and went, "Wow, I was wrong." And it's it's spelled V I Z H A A H A Y, and it's Vizau. 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 <laughs> Man, I would have been really wrong. So <laughs> they went to Vizau. And they arrived there on the 26th, and then they actually found a truck to take them from Vizau to a local community, and it was called, this is a local logging community called District 41, which my mind just went, wow, that reminds me of the Hunger Games. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, they were literally a community known for logging, and they're District 41. That's so Whoa. weird. That's uh, weird. <laughs> okay. And then they stayed overnight, and they chartered a horse-drawn sled that took them about 15 miles north to an abandoned mining town. And it's from here that the group actually shrinks. So uh, the next day, on January 28th, um, Yuri Yudin wakes up, and he is ill. Okay. Um, He was apparently experiencing severe sciatica, and sciatica is a pain that radiates along the sciatic nerve, which runs from your lower back into your legs. Oh, yikes. So he was like, well, we're supposed to be hiking. This is probably not good. So he ended oh, up wow. going back with the horse-drawn sled and did not continue on the trip. Okay. Yuri Yudin. So this ends up saving Yuri's life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's like shit. What? Yeah. He's like, damn, I can't go on the trip anymore. And uh, the rest of his life, he was probably. Like, I I can't even imagine the survivor's guilt. That would have been my thing. Like that <laughs> they went and he had to stay behind. Yeah. And when you hear the ways that they died, you're just gonna be like, oh my god. Oh my god, you <laughs> feel so bad. Oh my god. Yeah. So uh, the remaining nine hikers spend that night camping along the ba- the riverbanks of Lozva River. And uh, the next day, they cross-country ski um, along the river, and they make camp again at, the, at another river called Aspaya. And it is after this that things do not go very well. So okay. <laughs> they get up the next morning, and it's February 1st, and... They tried to take a short route from the camp into what is now Dyatlov's Pass. Okay. That is where they, this is the part that they named after him. Okay. And this attempt fails. Um, it's, it ends up taking them more up the slope of the mountain instead of between the pass like it's supposed to. Oh. So they actually have to turn back and spend another night on the Aspia River. Okay. Um, they end up taking items out of their bags and leaving them behind. They created like a makeshift little storage basically mm-hmm. to leave behind. They left behind extra skis. They actually left behind some food and they left behind a mandolin. Um, <laughs> one of them played it and I did not write down which one and he always brought it on the hiking trips. And I'm sorry, I did not write that down. Wasn't really that pertinent. But um, <laughs> so this causes them to get a late start the next day. They don't head out until almost 3 p.m., and the weather is absolutely terrible this day. Its visibility is almost non-existent. You, you can't see, prob- like, if I could describe it right now to you, it would be me to probably, like, two of you. Like, you were back, a little bit back there. Like, you couldn't see. What? It, there's there's uh, one of the most famous pictures is taken from this day. 
and it'll be one of the photos I post and you can see them like the trail the line of the people and you just see them fade into basically nothing it just looks like whiteness and they just disappear that's into like it. when you like look <coughs> and you're like in the ocean that's what bad snowstorms look like they just look like nothing they literally look like nothing and you nothing. just get swallowed into it and that's Ugh. what it was like this day and it was so bad that they ended up venturing about 500 meters off of their originally mapped route and this caused a big problem for them um 500 meters meant the difference between venturing through the pass again or going up one of the slopes and because they couldn't see they couldn't really tell it wasn't really a steep slope but it was not where they needed to be again uh that's so, so annoying on this day they only ended up traveling where did i write it i apologize don't you hate when you do that i do that (laughs) i do that too (laughs) um they oh there it is sorry (laughs) so they only made it about two kilometers which is about a mile and a half in a whole day wait but they started like they started late but that's as far as they made it wow i would have just stayed where i was because can you imagine there, Russia's even higher up than the United States. It gets darker. It gets dark there even earlier than it gets dark in the United States. And this entire time that they're hiking, it's about negative 35 degrees Celsius. Yikes. No. Yeah, it's cold. It's no. cold as all hell. And I so like they don't make it very far. They can't really see where they are. And they end up making camp on the slope of Colat, Seattle. Okay. Which I'm not laughing at you. <laughs> I just laugh at your face because you look at me like, "Is that right?" And I'm like, "I don't know." I know. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm just like, I think I'm like, Ooh. and this roughly translates to Dead Mountain. <laughs> no, right? <Yikes. laughs> um, so they were actually only about um ten miles from their desired destination of Mount Ortorton. Oh, that's sad. They were not very far. I mean, w- in walking terms, that's kind of far. Yeah. But in terms of actual, like, and all, they could have been like 30 miles. And as far as they had come already, they were close. They had been traveling so at this point from the 23rd of January, and it's now the 1st. Oh, these poor people. Okay. Yeah. So they've been traveling for over a week, and they were that close. Um, <coughs> This is where the story ends for all nine of these hikers dead mountain nope on dead mountain nope 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 um so this is where the theories come in because still to this day literally no one no one can tell you what happened that night there are a million theories and russia tried to open and close this again and everybody basically said Fuck well, you. Literally, fuck you. I remember when that happened. It they were was, like, yeah. I was reading the articles, and every single article I read basically said, and no one believes them. <laughs> they just wanted to, like, shut people up to be like, let's stop talking about this now. I honestly agree. Um, so before leaving on the expedition, Igor himself had made a plan with his family and friends that he was going to send a telegraph once the group had completed their hike of Mount Ortorton and made their way back to Vizal. Okay. So once they had done the hike and were on their way back, he was supposed to send this. He informed them that it should arrive around February 12th. That was kind of the time. But he said, basically, who knows what the weather. It might be a little bit later. 
you know, few days, give or take. Yeah. Um, so they expected these delays, but after a while, when the telegram didn't arrive, their families got really worried. And on the 20th of February, the families reached out to UPI and said, look, all of your students are missing. We're really, really worried. Um, and so UPI put together its very own search team. They flew them out um, the next day on February 12th, 21st. Sorry. And some of the search, uh, search party was actually brought in by helicopters. Okay. To help search the area. And once they arrived, they kind of split off into teams and went in different directions. There was one volunteer, and he was named Mikhail Sharavin. And I did not get a pronunciation for that, so that could possibly be wrong. So tell us, friends. So I apologize if I said if something wrong. If there are <laughs> any Russian professors <laughs> listening to us out there, please Help tell me. us. We are open to suggestions. <laughs> I'm just open to seriously knowing how to say these things. Um, I was never very good at languages in school either. So I was like, if, if it's a romance language, I can help you. But I not almost, Russian. I almost failed Spanish in middle school. That's how not good I am at languages, girl. Oh, middle no. school. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> um, this this team, um, they actually ended up finding some ski tracks and followed them to a forest line. After and that big storm, they found them. That's this, weird. This was about five days after the search teams were sent out so it was february 26th at this point that's so weird so they've been missing for 26 days and they find tracks yeah oh, well as far as they know they don't know that they've been missing this long they just know that they haven't they didn't come back okay so, but, but i feel like but 26 us, days with this with the weather and stuff like that why would those tracks still be in the snow oh this comes into play you just wait girl oh <laughs> no okay 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 part two is gonna be so <laughs> I'm rough like, i'm already thinking of like that doesn't that's not right um there shouldn't be tracks in the snow after 26 days <laughs> so um they follow these tracks to the tree lines and it is when they're searching along the forest line that they actually find the campers or the hikers campsite okay so it's just the campsite just the campsite the tent um it was their tent and it was full of all of their belongings was found covered in snow completely abandoned and they were immediately like something is really wrong the tent was torn to shreds oh my god like violently ripped apart and um they actually discovered later on when they take the, the they took the tent back and they set it up indoors when they were doing the investigation and mm -hmm. they found out that the tent had been ripped open from the inside what okay all right okay okay <laughs> we can't stop to talk <laughs> I, I gotta let you get through this and oh then eventually we can talk about this <laughs> so within um and within the tent they found everything from blankets to clothing maps money cameras diaries and even food they had found so stuff they wouldn't have fucking just left there. Yes. Like they found freshly cooked food that had been clearly cooked and cut up like they were going to eat it and it just was untouched. Um one of the search members described the scene and said, quote, it was sliced up as if they were getting ready to have supper or something and didn't have time. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like this. So 
it was then that they noticed that there were um, at least eight to nine sets of footprints running off in different directions from the tent. Again, with the weather. Okay. Okay. I'm not going to say anything else. I, don't I literally opened my mouth to talk to Macy. <laughs> and she was like, nope, Macy, I, I know what you're going like, to say. I was like, I, I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> the going on. weirdest part about this was these prints were barefoot or in socks. No shoe prints. Yeah, no shoe prints. You don't just run out of a fucking tent in your bare feet. I'm sorry. In the in middle of the negative, snow. Negative, negative degree weather in the snow on a mountain. Yikes. In the middle of a storm. Not without good reason you don't. Not without good reason you don't. So, <laughs> obviously, volunteers were very baffled. Um, and they estimated that that night the temperature was about negative 20 degrees Celsius, which for us Americans is negative four degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> um, so once, people. once the, once the search teams found the tent, they skied back down um, the slope to get the other search parties up there to span, to, to fan out from there. Um, and it took them another full day before they found their first body. I really don't like this. <laughs> I'm getting anxiety. This, <laughs> oh, it just, Part two is going to fuck. Part one isn't even that bad. I'm just like, monsters. <laughs> this is like a this oh. is like a monster movie gone wrong. It's one of the theories. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So on February 27th, the search team discovered the bodies of Yuri Doroshenko and Yuri Krivonoshenko. And then later on that day, found Zenaida and Igor. So all in one day, they find four, four of the nine people. missing hikers hikers and i will just start by saying all of them had frostbite of course because they've They've been been out in the elements for 26 days yes so that is a clear thing that i'm just going to mention right off the bat i'm not going to say it over and over again um and another thing i'm going to mention before diving in is that the state of their clothing is a big argued factor um some of them say that the lack of clothing on some of the bodies was due to paradoxical paradoxical undressing and this is basically when people become so cold that they feel hot. It's like hypothermia. That's what happens That's when you have hypothermia. That, exactly. Mm-hmm. And it can cause people to literally, you start to kind of lose your mind and you will take your clothes off. Yeah, being like, I'm too hot, I'm too hot. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then, m- but most actually say that they think that as the members slowly started to pass away, the surviving members were taking their clothing for extra warmth. Oh, because. Okay you will learn that some of them had articles of clothing belonging to the others. Okay. Okay. Um, so the first two people found, uh, I just said were Doroshenko and Krivonoshenko. Now I can fucking say their names. It's fine. <laughs> There's <laughs> a little wine in ya. I li- literally, it took some wine. <laughs> um, they were Make sure you drink something. Oh, I have been. Okay, good. We're good. I think. I'm like, am I looking down when she drinks? I don't know. Maybe. No, I just, I still have. Yeah, I'm good. I'm getting there. <laughs> so they were lying side by side. They had about an inch of snow on top of them. Um, and this is just bizarre. Krivonoshenko, he was on his back facing up. He was barefoot aside from his left sock. Mm-hmm. His other sock was found charred in remains next to the small fire that they were found next to. They were like a, there, was, there was remains of a fire near them. 
Like they had tried to build a fire. And his sock was next to it. Burnt. Okay. Weird. Um, (laughs) The skin on the back of his hands was torn up and bloody. The backs of his hands. There was blood between his fingers and his index finger on one of his hands was like ripped open. Um, His left shin was all cut up and covered in blood and part of it was also burned. He had a large bruise on his forehead. Um, He was missing the tip of his nose, but they believe that was just from frostbite and Mm -hmm. possibly an animal wandering upon the scene Mm. afterwards. Um, And then they also found some of the skin from his hand in his teeth. Like he'd been biting at his pants. Uh-huh. Ooh. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. Okay. So, direct- Did they t- Hang on. Did they determine how much of this was from animals? They said they, said they believe some of it, but because of where they were, in the harsh conditions. There's not a lot of animals up there. Not yeah. during the winter, at least. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And I just wanted to see. Yeah. Um, and honestly, it's not much. It, you'll, there's more in part two that'll, that they kind of determine might be animals. But okay. at the same time, you'll realize it doesn't also make sense. Oh, so, okay. I'll okay. just leave it at that. <laughs> All right. Um, so I'm convinced. There, and I will tell you, if you guys are interested, I have decided I'm going to put together a photo album. Because there are so many photos from the hikers themselves, from things that they did, like photos they took while on the trip, and then from the actual investigation. And I will do, I will say there is a trigger warning. There are going to be pictures of the bodies because there are pictures of all of this. They're not, they're not bloody. They're not gory. They were frozen to death. They were covered in snow. They are, yes, it is a dead body. They're black and white film photos. They're not the clearest, but they are. But there are bodies. They're, and they're a big part of helping you understand how some of these bodies were found so instagram twitter listeners head to facebook head to facebook and there's gonna be a larger album i'll link it i don't think i can on instagram but i can on at least twitter and maybe we can put it on the link tree or something yes that's actually so instagram (laughs) people check the link tree for Mm -hmm. it um so doroshenko was found literally directly next to him they were side by side. And when I say side by side, they were really like lying next to each other. Yes, it's not like they were feet apart. They were inches apart. Um, Huddling for warmth, maybe, though? Maybe. Um, he had just socks on his feet. And um, he, they had t- he had two layers of socks, I'm sorry, on his feet. But no shoes. Um, Which doesn't help you at all. One of his ears, his lips, and his nose were coated in blood. He had a weird grayish foam-like liquid coming out of his mouth and, like, dripping down onto his cheek. And they actually said that this was caused from a pulmonary edema, which is basically an excess of fluid in the lungs. Um, (laughs) On his left hand, his middle finger was ripped open in a similar fashion to Krivonoshenko's. And the back of his right hand was bruised and cut up and, like, really swollen. He had dozens of surface cuts and bruises across, like, all across his body. Um, what were they doing? Like, a fight club? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh, what the fuck? Remember what you just said. Um, <laughs> okay. Okay. He was, compl- his face was actually more covered in snow than the rest of his body. And at first, they weren't actually able to properly identify him. They, they thought he was one of the other hikers at first. And um, in his hair, they found 
traces and like pieces of moss and pine needles. Um, and he actually, and he even had a, like a patch on the back of his, on like the right side back of his head that was scorched. What the fuck? (laughs) What the fuck is happening? Okay. Oh, and the best part, he had liver, they found the liver mortis spots, which form after you die, where blood pools. Blood pools. They were on the back of his neck, torso, and limbs. He was found face down. Well, nope, that's still weird. So he was that's still weird. Moved. That's what when that indicated. When he died, he, he was, was probably freezing. He was on his back. And he was on his back. And then because it was so cold, he probably froze like that. But they still moved and it was still there. Oh, he was weird. face down when they found him. Directly next to the other guy. I mean, you can make sense out of out of part of that. You can't make sense out of the fact that he was flipped over uh-huh. at all. But you can make flipped you can make sense of okay, yeah, he died on his back. It all pulled, and then he froze, mm-hmm. and then he froze like that. But and then, how did he turn over? Whoa! Okay. And both of them were really poorly dressed. They each only had a t-shirt, pair of shorts, and yeah, nothing to keep warm. They in. basically had no clothing left. They there was nothing. Well, nope. We're gonna talk about that theory when you get to the theories. We're gonna uh-huh. let me let me. <laughs> I'm gonna stop <laughs> myself right now. So, like I said, they were lying next to the remains of a small fire. Um, searchers also found a small pile of branches that had been clearly cut with a, like cut cleanly with a knife from a nearby fir tree, which they actually said they didn't really understand because fir trees do not work very well to start fires. And you think experienced hikers like that would know that would have known that information. And they were in the middle of the forest. So not like a forest forest, but there were, there, there was trees around and there was other options. So this should not have been their first choice to start a fire. Um, <laughs> so they also found, um, near the fire, there was cut up pieces of clothing. Like there was, um, a woman's handkerchief. And then there was also a piece of a sweater, like a cuff on a sweater hmm. that was just next to the fire. Um, and these belonged to other members of the group. These, obviously a woman's handkerchief was one, one of, of the, the girls. girls yeah. And... The sweater, eventually they find out, com- came off of one of the women. Yeah. I don't like <laughs> I don't like that. So, like that. they also did not find a knife. What? So, they had very clearly cut these limbs off the tree. And they were like limbs that you couldn't really snap. You had to kind of cut They're them. They're big, yeah. And they did not find a knife. Um... <laughs> What are they like hanging from them like Tarzan? <laughs> oh, <laughs> this this just gets weirder. Oh my god, I'm so, so I have you seen my face? I'm already just like <laughs> what? <laughs> Macy's trying to process everything I've told her and there's so much more to come. <laughs> wow. Okay. So, nearby, okay. There was another tree and this was a cedar tree. And on this tree, or basically not on this tree, up to 4 to 5 meters, which is about 13 to 16 and a half feet. There were no branches. All of the branches had been broken off and were on the ground below. That's they said that these branches were not the kind of branches that you could just snap off. They weren't even the kind that you could hang from and like pull off the tree with your body weight. You'd have to cut them. They would have to be cut. They were thick branches. 
Whoa. They okay. said that it was odd because on top of it, like I said, they tried to make the fire out of the fir tree branches, not the cedar tree branches, which would have worked much better. And there was blood embedded in the bark of the tree. They also later found traces of the bark underneath the nails of both of those victims. The two guys by the fire. Yes. Like they had tried to frantically climb their way up that tree. Or pull those branches off or something. And then cut, like maybe got up there and then cut all the ones down. But how? They didn't have a knife. They found no knife. (laughs) And did they ever, did they ever go up there when there wasn't snow? Did they ever go up there on like a spring or summer expedition? Shit. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All I did was smile at her, guys. (laughs) Shit, because I'm like, okay, but they must have, like, they had to have gone back because they knew that some evidence might be in the snow and they couldn't find it because it was so deep. You just wait. Okay. So, um, the next body found, um, was the body of Igor Diallo. Um, all of these, (laughs) they, they mapped all of these bodies from where they found the first two. Okay. So all of all of where I'm going like I'm going to describe how far away they are. They are all like this is all within the proximity of the original two bodies found. Okay. So okay. from the first two bodies, about 300 meters or about 1000 feet, they found Igor. Um he was face up in the snow with his arms in front of his chest with his hands frozen into fists. He had dozens of minor abrasions to his face. His lips were all bloody, and he was missing a tooth. His knees were bruised, and he had cuts up and down his forearms. His knuckles on both of his hands were bruised, like he had been in a fight and thrown punches. Fight club! Yep. <laughs> I was waiting to talk about fight club. Um, and he had no internal injuries. Did the other two have internal injuries? No. Okay. Um... He was found with his jacket unbuttoned, which for somebody who's freezing to death is quite odd. This yeah. is where this is where some of the paradoxical undressing theories came in. Yeah, he's so cold. Though. They're paradoxical. That word still gets me. <laughs> paradoxical. Um, okay. Because he's not the only one found with articles of clothing like that, that you're th- that you think, OK, you're freezing to death. Why don't why you, why are you, are you taking fully your wearing off? this? Like, yeah, doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, and later on, Yuri Yudin, the survivor, mm-hmm. he later identified the shirt that Dyatlov was wearing as a shirt that he had given to Doroshenko before departing the trip. So Igor, Igor was wearing a shirt that did not belong to him. Okay. Um... <laughs> That's really the only things about him. He wasn't very very strange. Why did they name it the Dyatlov Passion? Because he was the leader of the expedition. It was he was the one that planned the trip. It was his okay thing. Okay, fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so off in a different direction from the bodies, they discovered Zenaida. Um, That's one of the girls, right? Yes. Okay. Her, yes. She was about six hundred and thirty meters in a different direction. She's about two thousand feet. From the first two bodies, she was face down in the snow, and it caused her skin to be this bizarre reddish purple because of all the pooling blood. Um, right. Oh, Between the pooling blood and the frostbite. Um, she had several cuts across her face. 
Um, there were bruises on the backs of her hands and her knuckles. She had a cut on her right hand where skin had been, like, ripped back. She had, um, and then this is the weirdest part. She had a 29 centimeter, which is almost one foot, long bruise on the right side of her torso. And they described it as it would, like, looking like she had been hit with a long, hard object. So something like a tree branch. Or like like a baton, like a police baton, or huh. like a baseball bat. Like it was almost a foot long bruise on her. And like torso. you don't just get bruises. Like you know that's not like not you know, big bruises like that. That's not like you know oh well they you know we're well, dying to frostbite and you know who knows what their skin looks like. No, you don't get bruises like that. See, even like and I mean speaking as a hemophiliac who bruises really freaking easily, I don't even get bruises like that. Without being hit really freaking hard. Really hard, yeah. That that takes a lot. Um, you don't just develop like bruises when you're dead. So yeah. sorry. <laughs> and I'm gonna mention it because they did do it. They tested both of the women for rape. Neither one had been raped. Um, they just did it just to be make because one of the theories was that they had come across pe- other people, maybe that they were attacked or well, something. The cops, you see, like the from their shirts, and, and they stuff, wanted yeah. to make sure that that I was like I don't like that. Yeah, they wanted to make sure <laughs> that like that, that was not something that had happened, and it was not. Okay. Um, they she was significantly better dressed than the first three. Um, she had multiple layers on both her top and bottom. She had three pairs of socks. Still no shoes. Um, Where are their shoes? <laughs> they were in the tent. What? Their boots were all found in the tent. <laughs> yeah. So weird. <laughs> so weird. Okay. So Zenaida was the fourth and final body found that day. The other bodies, one will not be found until March. The other four are not found until May. Mm, okay, so they do have to come back. And that's what we're going to talk about next time. Are we done? Yeah. No! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I hate you. So, yeah, I was going <laughs> to literally, for me to split this in half, I had to split it right in the middle of the discovery of all the bodies. So next time we will talk about the findings of the other five hikers, and we will discuss the theories. Okay. But. I'm upset about this. I... <laughs> <laughs> she's so mad she doesn't have all the information <laughs> she's gonna, i'm like this is weird she's i want to know why it's so weird <laughs> she's gonna blame me for not sleeping tonight um <laughs> no but it is it just gets stranger and stranger these injuries that these guys had are nothing compared I, to the next bodies that they find i mean from the little bit that i remember about you know i like i said morbid's covered it and i've Mm -hmm. seen things before about it and i knew about it before they covered it it's fucked they are fucked up like how did they get like that fucked up (laughs) you i was talking i mean hi mama v i was talking to mama v about this because i was like we're gonna do it and i love pass i'm so excited and i was like they were like what the fuck happened to them because some of it is just inexplicable. Oh, yeah. Inexplicable. I mean, who knows? I mean, you think of those people who, d- like, died on Mount Everest and shit like that? Yeah. Who knows what the fuck happened up there? I'm not saying monsters or anything, but, like, who knows how somebody dies from hypothermia? And, like, how it affects each person? And, and like, yada, yada, yada. And next time, oh, once I get 
once I tell you about where they're all found, I I do throw I did throw in like a little recap for the next episode so I can kind of remind you of what happened. Um, okay. And I'll I'll go over one by one their official causes of death taken straight off of their autopsy forms. Oh my god. And then I will tell you a few of the hundreds theories. of theories. <laughs> That's what I was saying. Yeah, there's so many theories. About and everything. once you know, like I I personally have and you're going to talk about what they closed it with. Yes. I have I have a whole section about what Russia thinks. Be, be, be. And I don't like <laughs> That's what I, I don't like that. what Russia thinks. That's what I have to say to that. Be, be, be. <laughs> but um I th- I do have one personal theory that I believe the most and it is I will say the same theory that I believed when I did my research in high school cuz there's more you. information now. Yeah. There's a lot more and I still came to the same conclusion of this theory makes the most sense to me. Yeah. Um, I can see it kind of going other ways. Maybe, maybe not. But it's like, there's there's too many like, okay, yes, it explains this, but not this, 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 this. So, yeah. My mind's fucked right now. It is. And I don't so even want to know what intense. it's going to be like in a couple of days. <laughs> oh, my God. At least with my part one, my part two, or it was like, okay, here's the actual, actual crime that was committed. And here's the ghost story. It wasn't you. like, and that's it. I didn't want you from the beginning. I was like, I have to cut it right in the middle. Oh, yeah. You said that to me. You were like, I had to cut it in a shitty place. Yes. And I was like, oh, it's fine. <laughs> My notes are, uh, I have 11 pages of notes. And guys, this was not an easy choice to make trying to split it in the middle. But I know if I had tried to get through the rest of it them. It would have been long and It would have been so long. You literally have to do that. I mean, I was lucky with the Amityville thing. So yeah. I'm very lucky. I, I was like, mm, this is six. This is eight. I can make this. Fu- <laughs> I can do this. It's fine. And <laughs> honestly, just seeing how mindfucked you are after explaining the first four bodies that are found, I cannot wait to tell you about no, the No, man. Five because. I'm like, wait. I feel like a lot of people talk about. I mean, obviously, there's more to to figure out about the the later what five bodies yeah then like I, but i feel I, I mean there's more time that they're out there you know possibly in the elements and whatever uh-huh but i feel like they don't talk about these initial four like you know what happened to them but i feel like you really know what happened to the other ones and yeah. so you were telling me and i was like shit yeah shit so i'm glad i mean i'm glad you kind of focused on these four and then we get into the yeah the larger part of the I story say, i i kind of i it kind of sucks Are having to split it this way. I'll have more. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll always have more wine. Um, but I kind of liked it because they find them all on the 27th. And then the fifth person is found in March. Mm-hmm. But it's still a little bit of a break between finding everybody else. So I kind of just felt like it was the good, the good place to stop because that's kind oh. of where their search had to stop. Yeah, because that's like... They, they literally I could not find outside. anything else. It's yeah. the freaking February on a mountain in Russia, and it's covered in feet of snow. So. <laughs> no, I mean. Yeah. My dad. Okay, so my dad is like, um. so if you do, like, mountain climbing, and, mm-hmm. it, it, like, New York is, like, a great place to have any sort of, like, mountain climbing kind of experience. Here. Yeah. At Arondacks, there's. All the, these different options. All those these different different options, and he used to tell me about like snowshoeing mm-hmm. and stuff like that. He's like, it's hard. You're like yeah. trudging through the snow. Yep. You have like a pack on your back. Like, 
things like the elements can be bad sometimes. It's like I can't even imagine like the Adirondacks are, aren't anything probably compared mm-hmm. to Russia in the middle of fucking winter. Yep. <laughs> Yikes. And I mean, and if you think about it, too, this is in 1959. So, so this is even less than we have now. I was going to say this was before we have all the special technology built into our jackets and stuff designed to keep us warm. You'll hear as I talk about the things that they're found wearing and it's just like it's literally a t-shirt and a long sleeve shirt and another long sleeve shirt and then a sweater and then they have a jacket and they have all of these layers and they still froze to death. It's so cold. It's insane. Well, that's how they say like, you know, even on Mount Everest, like you can be wearing no matter what. And like most people don't. Yeah. Survive. Mm -hmm. Like. I mean, I wonder if you like, I mean, I don't know if ever, anybody's ever tried to wear it. They have coats now that like literally have like the electricity heaters. in them. Yeah. So, I mean, probably. I don't know. I've never climbed I, was gonna, I actually like wonder that. if those would work up there. That would be interesting. I feel like they wouldn't. I was going to say. Or you'd have to charge them way below and hold them and hope that their battery lasted until it, you got up there. Exactly. But. I used to carry around this book about Mount Everest. And I was like, I'm going to climb this one day. And then I was like, you're stupid. <laughs> uh, I do you're not. stupid. Do not do that. Because people who, suvi- who survive up there are very lucky. Yeah, that's They're very lucky people. The thought of that alone scares the crap. Just like not like, it's not like I, it's not even about like, okay, if you have a sentiment of like, I can do that. I, you know, I can do it. Mm-hmm. Like, fine. Yeah, sure. Good for you. <laughs> but you literally can't survive. I know. Your body cannot survive. Yeah. <laughs> it's too cold. There's not enough oxygen. It's not even about the cold. It's like there's no oxygen. There's uh-huh. Like thing on top of thing on top of thing. Don't fucking climb out Everest. Like, <laughs> congratulations to those of you who survived, but you're very lucky people. Very, very lucky. And I, I'd be far too terrified. No, no I'd way. stand at the bottom and go, that's really pretty. Can we leave now? <laughs> Wow, I really like the way that looks. <laughs> I'll fly over it in a plane. From way <laughs> down here. Let me take a picture of that for my yep. for my brain later. Nope. Yikes, I can't even. And like Russia. I don't I don't know. You think it's they they wear cold they wear like jackets all the time. Uh-huh. It's so cold. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Oh. This is going to kill me for a week. Yep. <laughs> anyway guys but yeah so that's part one guys and we'll get to the conspiracy theories yep we'll get to the rest of the rest next time you said you thought this might be a three-parter so i did and then I, at that point i hadn't finished the second half of my notes and i was like i think it might be but i don't know and then i finished and i went no okay it's just two just two just two but it's a big <sighs> boy I have anxiety. <laughs> I'm having anxiety right now because I'm like, I want to know what happened. <laughs> I'm just trying to be crazy. I mean, okay. we can record part two. No. But it'll be really late. <laughs> it'll be so late. I know. It's already really late. Oh, my God, it is. <laughs> <laughs> but we, like, I already was like, mm, we talked for a long time. Mm-hmm. We got to get in. We got to get into it gotta get into it so but we just get so excited talking to each other we really do anyway <laughs> so macy tell them where they can find us wow guys after this <laughs> hour wow of total mind fuckery um <laughs> you can find us um on social media at in- on instagram and facebook at 
Buzzkillers podcast. Buzzkillers podcast. Oh yeah, she's doing it. <laughs> and um, on Twitter, you can find us at Buzzkillers Pod. Buzzkillers Pod. <laughs> <laughs> that is really funny, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, how is this that funny? But it is. Um, and if you want to shoot us an email, <laughs> you can send us an email at buzzkillerspodcast at gmail.com buzzkillerspodcast at gmail.com or <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> or you can send us um, a lovely message on our website at buzzkillerspodcast.com buzzkillerspodcast.com <laughs> that um, <laughs> our website is really great Nicole made it um, you can look at all the wines that we've tried you can listen if you want to and you can also learn a little bit about us if you are so inclined, um, <laughs> we're pretty cool. And um, <laughs> you can listen to us on, wow, all right, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Podbean, Google Podcast, Amazon Music, Pandora, and iHeartRadio. Mm-hmm. And please, 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 we would love you, love you, love you times a million if you would subscribe to our YouTube channel. Yes, YouTube. We are... Buzz Killers podcast, a true crime podcast. <laughs> if you subscribe, it'll be easier to find us. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so subscribe. Um, where we, John Jamelski, actually, you said the other yes. day, we covered him at the very beginning. Sorry about the music. Well, music, what am I talking about? Audio quality. It sucked. <laughs> um, but thank you to those of you who listen to that because that has over a hundred listens. Uh-huh. And, um... We think a lot of that has to do with the fact that he was recently put up for parole, and they denied yes. that. So, yes. good for Syracuse. And I can tell you, um, I did check. I checked the other day again, and I was kind of looking through them all. And Elise Paler also has a lot of. That's lessons. a good case. I think it has. Oh, I think it's almost seventy. It's a weird case. Yes, it is. It's a sad. And case. I'm sure that this case will have like a trillion. I hope so. <laughs> Diet Love Paz is a big one. And uh, did I miss anything? I don't think so. I don't think I so. I did that very succinctly. Yes, you did. I'm very proud. You did it very well. I'm very proud of you. Good job. Mm, thank you. Tiny claps. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Mr. Krabs when he's like playing the tiniest violin. <laughs> <on his laughs> and he's like in his fucking claw. <laughs> like if this was a real actual crab, it would like crush it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It'd be like. <laughs> Instantly. <laughs> that is not <laughs> physically possible. Anyway. But guys, stick around. We'll have part two coming at you. And I can't wait. We're gonna literally, literally. I can't talk right now. We're literally gonna go plan when that's gonna be like right now. Yes. <laughs> I hope I've got you on a hook. No, you really do. <laughs> I will be like, you have to come over on Friday. I'm sorry, you can't. I can't. <laughs> Get over here. I need my fix. <laughs> I need to know what happened. <laughs> no, yeah, it's fucked. I'm so ready. But guys, <laughs> we picked our F R. Oh, our topic for February, and we're so excited. Yes. We're going to have Hard Eyes Halloween just um, with you. Do you want to know what I'm excited for? What? A Valentine's Day watching Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> it's on a Sunday, isn't it? Is it really? Yes. Oh, that's even more beautiful. <laughs> oh, yes. We're going to watch Silence of the Lambs. So instead of doing fun, lovey, lovey things on Valentine's Day, <laughs> Macy told me that she had a tradition for herself. that she used We to talked al- about this. <laughs> she used to always sit there and watch Silence of the Lambs, and this year I'm going to join her, and it's going to be beautiful, and we're just going to- Maybe l- we'll get together early so that we can do, like, dinner. 
That I makes like, sense. I like fancy dinner. Brian fancy will be at work. <laughs> you can have fancy dinner with me and Tyler. <laughs> Third wheel of your Valentine's Day. We're going to watch. <laughs> I think I'm going to go home. <laughs> <laughs> but that's why we can watch Silence of the Lambs and maybe probably record. And then he and I can go. That's fair. And do our thing. <laughs> so, no, yeah. Silence of the Lambs is the best tradition. That is awesome. I started it with a friend, but she doesn't like me now. So I'm taking over, bitch. (laughs) And we're gonna. And I said to Tyler, I was like, "We're gonna watch it with a nice Chianti," and he was like, "It's Chianti." (laughs) And I was like, "That's not the way that what's his face says it." What's his name? The guy who plays Hannibal Lecter. Oh, for the love of fuck! Anthony Hopkins. Thank you. Thank God I it's remembered like, that. I, I was like, Macy, if you don't remember that, you're fucking stupid. <laughs> it's like I can see his face and I, I cannot his say his name. I can see his face. Um, he helps my dreams. I mean, what? <laughs> I mean, Anthony Hopkins. Um, uh-huh. There's like, I actually watched a pretty in-depth um, documentary about how they made Silence of the Lambs. Seriously? It was like a two-part thing. It was really interesting. The producers... Wanted Jodie Foster, mm-hmm. and the director did not want Jodie Foster, and the director wanted Anthony Hopkins, who was relatively unknown at that point. Really? Mm-hmm. And the producers did not want him, and so the director and the producers made a compromise so that Jodie Foster would play Clarice, uh-huh. and Anthony Hopkins would play Lecter, and he won like a ton of awards. He did not think that Jodie Foster was going to do a good job. And she did an amazing job. Yes, she did. I really like I really like her character. And so yeah, I mean, good for them. Seriously. For pushing for who they wanted because you know, it could have been a very different movie it without really, them. It really would have been weird without them. I know, you can't even think about <laughs> it. Cuz like you see the characters or you see the actors that they wanted to put in the role of Clarice and Hannibal and you're like, "What?" No. <laughs> but I think it's just cuz I've seen the movie so many times. Yeah. It's like you can't even imagine it without them. Anyway, but But yeah. Yeah, so guys. guys. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Until part 2. Part 2. Bye. Goodbye, friends. Bye.